Good evening, we'd like to welcome audiences to episode 5 of Alki, the gamified music improvisation podcast recorded right here in Shrewsbury, UK. I'm Benedict, and with me as always is the prolific multi-instrumentalist and music producer, Andy Lowe. Good evening. Thank you. Well, we have a very special episode this week. It would appear that Andy and I find ourselves joined by no less than two guest musicians, So firstly, I'd like to introduce an exceptional live bass player, performer, and all-round affable fellow, Mr. Jonathan Bannister. Thank you. Hello. Hello, guys. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. So, John, what have you brought with you tonight? I've brought my trusty Ibanez bass with a sort of platinum gold sheen. Um, And I've got my huge pedal board, which... uh, a lot of experimentation and exploration has led me to build this um, this wonderful pedal board you see before you. So what kind of music do you usually do, John? Um, I do lots of music workshops with young people, um, both with The Hive in Shrewsbury, um, which is a wonderful place to work for. Very supportive, very warm atmosphere. And I also do music workshops with a company called Seeds of Sound that myself and my, my partner set up, um, my partner Emilini. Okay. Uh, Joining us on the podcast this evening for the first time is a special guest who's a friend of mine. Why don't you introduce yourself, Sam? Hello, I'm Sam. I'm a 14-year-old trombonist from Shrewsbury. Today I'm going to be playing trombone and a bit of percussion. Sam, you play with a lot of bands and groups. Do you want to tell us a few of those? So I've played with a brass band, an orchestra, wind orchestra and a big band before. Have you ever done anything like this? No, never. (laughs) Okay. Andy, I think we're in for an excellent session. Now, here on The Alki Podcast, we play games using improvised music. We're making up the music as we go along, but we use rules, restrictions and elements of chance to influence the outcomes of each jam. And we'll be starting off tonight with a game called Trigger Cards, which Andy is going to tell us all about. Trigger Cards is such a fun jam to do. We have no particular starting point, so all four of us have randomly selected a different card which has an instruction on it. So at a time of their choosing, they'll reveal the card and all of the musicians have to follow the instructions. So what are we all going to be playing for this jam? How about you, Andy? I'll be playing the electric guitar for this one. I'm going to be playing the bass guitar. How about you, Sam? For this jam, I'm going to be playing trombone. And I think I'm going to be using this 8DO prepared piano multi-sample. Shall I start this one? Yeah, go for it.
Wow, okay, so I think I triggered the first card there, which was fewer notes. And then, Andy, did you go next? Yeah, I had the atonal card, which obviously caused a complete change of direction. And then, John, I think you played more rock. Yeah. And then Sam did more funk right on the back of that. <laughs> yeah. I really like having the the cards, you know, especially um, the atonal one was a lot of fun because... We're always, I guess, trying to perfect things. So suddenly to have the permission to just be sort of messy and do whatever you want. So that was, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was one of my favourite bits too. What helps me enjoy it is I know it's not going to last forever. Yeah, that would be painful (laughs) if it lasted forever. What do you think, Ben? I thought the instrumentation was just great. I think the trombone sounds brilliant and we rarely ever get to play with the bassist. What was that interesting? I really like that sound that sounded a bit like a zither. Ah, yes, that was a prepared piano. So it was um, various layered multi-samples of pianos being played in unusual ways. Oh, that was wicked. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it kind of fulfilled the role of the percussion almost. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think the... Rock and funk cards were very similar in what they brought. Yeah, funk, rock, rock, funk. I also enjoyed using my more or less my two favourite effects in that one. When it said play less notes, I thought, ah, here's my chance to put a little bit of texture on a co- on, on one note, basically. Mm. And then later on, through the rock, I'd started to put the envelope filter on and that led nicely into the funk. Yeah. So I do enjoy a little bit of effects, the effect work. Yeah. A brilliant start to the night, but it's time to move on. Regular listeners will no doubt be familiar with this next jam, which we call Patch Exchange. Andy, would you like to quickly explain what Patch Exchange is? Yeah, I'd love to. This is one of my favourite jams. Over the course of the last week, we have prepared for each other different sounds that we are going to give to each other to play. So I'm going to play a sound that Ben has designed for me, and he's going to play a sound that I've designed for him, and neither of us have heard the sounds that we're going to be playing. Our patches both include macro knob assignments, which we can use to make the patches more expressive as we have the jam. That's right. Our valued guests are going to be setting aside their main instruments for this one and helping us out with some beats on the percussion. Uh, What percussion are you going to be using for this one, John? I'm going to be playing the trusty good old drum kit. And Sam, we'd like you to play some percussion as well on this one. You get to choose which percussion instrument you're going to play, so let us know what you're going to go for. Uh, I think I'm going to go for the cowbell for this jam. Okay, so Andy and I are now ready to play these patches that we've made for each other. And shall I go first? Go ahead, Benedict. Right, so here is the sound that Andy has made for me. Here we go. Right. Well, I can certainly hear some kind of amp distortion going on. I'm not sure what the source oscillators are. I'm going to try turning up the first macro. It certainly sounds like that is pushing the drive a bit there. Okay, right. I'm going to try putting up the second macro. So is that some kind of EQ you've got going on there? That's right. You're just raising and lowering the top end there. So you're adjusting the kind of hiss that you get. Yeah, so it gives the sound a different kind of character, a different colour. That's right. Right. Would you like to try playing the patch that I have lovingly crafted for you? I'd love to. Oh, wow. 
This is also polyphonic. And it sounds a bit like a wah kind of effect going on. So I'm going to try turning one of the macros now. I can hear the same sound, but now it sounds like there's some kind of chime, something mallety being struck at the same time. Very good. Is there another macro to try? Uh, yes, there is. Oh, wow. That sounds like a bit crusher or something. Exactly right. Very good. So you might find that if you lower the octave and drop down, you'll find it sounds like a pretty grooving kind of uh, slow attack drum and bass bass line. Made using the Yuhi synth Batzilla. But then in the upper octaves, if you play polyphonically, you can turn up the 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 thing that you said sounds like a, a mallet based instrument, which is from Ableton's Collision instrument. That's funny because part of my sound was also made using Ableton's Collision instrument. <gasps> wow. You're not going to need me in this jam, are you? <laughs> no, I'll do it all by myself. You can go home. Okay, let's have a jam. Uh, why don't we try and start together on this one? Okay.
heavy, heavy. That yeah, was that cool. was intense. Mm. I loved it. Sounded very um, out of this world. Uh, yeah, I guess it's. I don't know what genre would you call that? Techno. Dubstep, techno. Yeah. Techno dubstep. Um. <laughs> Some of those sounds. Like, that was wicked. What was that? That 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 was like you know, like a cut off or something. Wow. Yeah, I love playing with that filter. The mm. filter cut off. Yeah, I was a bit getting a bit busy on the drums, really. Like, maybe it didn't need me to be... I think some part of me was not wanting to just play a straight beat for too long. I don't know why. Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to do that without percussion. I loved Sam's contribution to that. He was on the cowbell. Yeah, the cowbell kind of held us together, really. You finished it really nicely, Sam, at the end. What was it you used there? Temple bells, so sort of mini cymbal type of things. Hmm... Now, what music have we all been listening to this week? How about you, Andy? Um, I've particularly enjoyed this week some of Arvo Part's music. He's an Estonian composer. Sort of falls within the classical tradition, but in Estonia, I'll try and get my facts right, but under quite a strict communist regime, they banned various forms of music, including sacred music. So he basically invented his new style or discovered a new style of writing music which for him was sacred but wouldn't be shut down by the authorities and it was this really minimalist style and just very beautiful and really if you want something that's going to set your mind at ease want something to relax to that's just going to calm you down after a long day a bit of arvo part really does the trick wow that sounds absolutely amazing i'm gonna have to check that out how about you, Sam? What have you been listening to? So, the past few weeks, I've been listening to the new Loungehead, which my dad introduced me to. They're a Kiwi band, and they play lounge music. So, is their name the new Loungehead? Yeah. So it's not the new. It's not Loungehead. The whole name is the new Loungehead. <laughs> That's their name. Okay, and they play lounge music. Yeah. Like um, smooth jazz. Yeah. Okay. Does it sound cheesy? I always think it... Does it sound like elevator music? It is a bit like elevator music, but they do vary the style a bit. Normally I think of lounge music as a genre from the past, you know, from like the 50s, but it's cool to hear that there are still bands making lounge music today. They have one album, right? (laughs) And it's from 1997, so I don't think... Oh, It's not like old, but they haven't been that active. (laughs) Benedict, why don't you tell us what have you been digging? Um, well, I've discovered some new music this week. I clicked on one of those sponsored videos on Facebook that somebody's obviously paid for it to appear in your feed, and it was a drum concerto by someone called Gabriel Prokofiev. Um, an unlikely solo instrument for a concerto, but surely enough, it turns out to be the grandson of Sergei Prokofiev who, of course, wrote Peter and the Wolf, which was probably the first experience a lot of people had of orchestral music. Um, but yeah, I also that's not the one. Um, I also checked out some of his other stuff on Apple Music, and he did this brilliant album called simply Cello Multitracks. It's kind of like a looper album, but I think it's not actually looped. It's just repetitive in a way a looper album is, and it's got some really good kind of remixed stuff on there with some kind of glitching effects and stuff. Yeah, really good. I've listened to that a few times. Now, how about John? Um, I've been listening to an album by um, Harvey Mason that a friend gave me. It's very, very funky. It's called um, Marching Band. 
Um, and I often get an album and it kind of ends up in repeat on the car, so I kind of know this album inside out now. But I love the bass player, Paul Jackson, very, very cool bass player. And I've also uh, gone back to an album that a friend sent me. I, uh, from, I had a friend in Israel who sent me an album probably about 15 years ago now, and it's by a guy called Shai Ben Tsua. He's an Israeli who's gone to live in India and studied with Kuali singers, and he's got these really great masters of Kuali singing on this album as well as a lot of instrumental stuff. And it's kind of bringing together sort of um, some Arabic aspects of, of uh, Arabic sort of style music with some Hebrew lyrics as well. So it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's called Hiyam. That to me is just absolutely amazing. Excellent. Now, don't be surprised if things get a little ambient now in this next new feature. John is very kindly going to be wrangling the sliders on this jam, which we call You Made Your Bed. So, John, may I explain to you and the audience what will be happening in this jam? Could you describe what you have in front of you? I've got two sets of interesting-looking sets of sliders in front of me to play with. Uh, these are eight channels of ambient audio, all playing at the same time, but you can fade them up and down with this set of volume faders. You've got field recordings like birds in a jungle, aleatoric instrument textures, uh, white noise, um, and some audio from the NASA Public Domain Audio Archive. You can blend and mix instruments together in innumerable combinations. And as if that wasn't exciting enough, you also have this secondary set of sliders which controls reverb send amounts for each channel. So you should have plenty of options. And John, while you lead this one, the rest of us will accompany you and attempt to respond to your dynamics. Great, let's go. While John gets to grips with his palette of sounds, let's talk about what the rest of us are going to be playing for this one. Um, I'm going to be taking the opportunity to use these bowed arc articulations from 8DO's Intimate Studio Strings. Sam, are you going to be back on the trombone for this one? I am indeed. I'll be keeping things fairly minimal with just a shaker. Excellent. John, please take it away. Okay. Oh, my God. 
To me, that one felt like a story that we were weaving where, Sam, you were the narrator playing the trombone and then the rest of us were sort of adding the emotions to it. You know, there were hopeful moments, poignant moments, slightly sinister moments, and it it just told this story from start to finish. It was quite tricky, actually, trying to keep in pitch and with the chord changes Benedict was doing. Yeah, I guess you never quite know where it's going, but at least the rhythm was quite fluid. You didn't have to be tied into a, a strict sense of pulse. Yeah, I found um, because I wasn't familiar with the faders uh, and what was where on and what I was playing. That at times I overdid it. I dropped a big clangor at a certain point, and then there are other times where I kept wanting to get that. Um, was it space sort of speech in? And I completely lost where it was or I'd got it drowned in reverb. So there was a bit of a haphazard nature to what I was doing. I don't know. Uh, it moved from being quite peaceful to being quite unsettling and a little bit scary towards the end. Yeah, Did you find yeah. that? It's partly to do with the notes clashing between each other as well, I think. Yeah, with along with some of the sounds in that bed that Jonathan was using that were... A little bit more intense? Or... Yeah, such as the um, scraping of metal didn't sound nice. No, they're definitely unsettling, that one. When you combine that with the sounds of children playing in a playground, which could sound quite cheerful, but when it's combined with other things that already clash, that begins to sound pretty scary. <laughs> Spooky. That's great, but we have a lot more coming up. Andy, it's time for a dyad jam. But, um, Andy, what is a dyad, and will it be invading Earth anytime soon? A dyad, well, a triad is more familiar to us in music theory. A triad is three notes played at the same time to form a chord. Well, a dyad is just two notes played at the same time. And so in the dyad's jam, I'm going to be playing the saxophone, and Sam will be playing his trombone. Yeah. We're going to be alternating the notes that we play and forming the dyads, which will evolve 
We don't really know where it'll go. Uh, yeah, we often think with dyad jams, it's impossible to play a wrong note because any two notes usually have some melodic relation to each other. They're like magnets. Some notes attract each other, some notes repel each other. So while you two are doing the notes, John and I are going to be doing percussion. Now, I'm going to be using my Nord for this one, using some un- an unusual percussion source, which is some white noise with a bandpass filter, which I think sounds a bit like a vinyl record being scratched. Um, what are you going to be playing, John? I'm going to be playing the drum kit, but I'm going to give myself the um, sort of rule that I'm not just going to sort of play a groove or a beat. I'm going to try and use the kit more sort of um, expressively and texturally than just a groove. Excellent. Okay, let's go for it.
that sounded like if um, aliens had digested human music just through an experimental King Crimson song. You know, some of their more abstract experimental <laughs> stuff, and sort of thought, oh yeah, this is human music. Let's do something that like that to communicate with humans. Yeah, there's definitely something about it that is completely different from what we're used to, and I think it's because so much of the Western music tradition is triad-based, isn't it? But nothing can be definitively major or minor. That's really interesting. I didn't think of it in that way. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, there was plenty of deviation from the standard 440 hertz tuning in that one, which may have sounded incongruous to Western ears. We hadn't actually spent the time tuning up at the start of that one, which made it even harder than normal. Yeah, so... Andy was a bit flat or sharp, and I had to compensate with my slide, and it made it a bit more non-harmonised. Yeah, um, I guess at least you have a trombone where it's possible to do that. Yeah. Did you have a particular thought process for choosing the next note you were going to play? Uh, no. If um, if you think it's going to sound all right, then you do it, but if you think it's going to sound nasty, you do it as well anyway, because that's what music is. Excellent. So we'll be rounding off this evening's gamified jamming with another new game called The Rotary Jam, which Andy is going to tell us all about. As you might have guessed from the title, The Rotary Jam involves an element of moving round in a circle. So we've positioned ourselves in a circle in the room and we each have two instruments to play, a main instrument and then a secondary percussion instrument. And the rule is that there can only be two main instruments playing at any one time. So when one of us decides to come in with our main instrument, one of the two playing their main instrument has to swap and pick up their percussion instrument instead. So in that way, the music keeps changing every so often. So this is the first time we've had enough musicians to do this jam properly. I'm going to be starting off with this clavinet on the Nord using some auto filter. And my percussion instrument is going to be this floor tom that I'm going to be playing with hot rods. How about you, John? I've got my um, bass guitar with my good old trusty pedal board. And I've got a darbuka and a couple of small percussive uh, instruments as well. Sam, what are you playing? For this jam, I'm going to be playing trombone, cowbell, triangle and a bicycle bell. My main instrument is going to be the sax for this one, and I've just decided that I fancy a go on the drums as well tonight, so I'm going to sneak onto the kit. Excellent. Right, let's begin. Who's starting on their main instruments? Okay, I'll start this one. Thank you. 
I love that bit at the end where we all went on percussion. That was wicked. That was wicked, yeah. Really cool. It was fun to see you using your, what was it, the proximity ring. Yeah, the hot ring. Hot ring. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a sensor that sort of controls the um, opening and closing the envelope on this certain pedal that I've got. Yeah, it, there's not many occasions where you can use the hot ring. So it was nice to be able to get that out. I just really like the way that that jam keeps moving because you've always got 
a change coming up. Yeah, I really liked it when you got on the kit, actually, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really enjoying grooming this. But like you say, you can enjoy that fully, but then you've got to sort of give it up and move on to the uh, percussion again, yeah. There's some great work on the bicycle bell there, Sam. Yeah, um, <laughs> not really a professional instrument, but fun anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, I like the way that we all went to percussion at the end there. Yeah, it's good. I like getting to play more than one instrument in the same piece of music, though. It's cool. Uh, it was a bit confusing knowing when to change instruments, but we got there in the end. Mm. That's great. Now, all that remains is to announce the winner of our mystery instrument competition. Our new improved competition will be unveiled over coming weeks. But for the last time, Andy, will you please strip back those layers of effects and reveal that mystery audio? It's a gazheng, the traditional Chinese plucked zither. And this week's winner is Dan Smith from our very own Shrewsbury. Lucky Dan will be receiving his very own signed copy of Andy Lowe's first studio EP, Forest Edge. So watch this space for the next exciting Alki competition. Episode 5 of Alki, the gamified music improvisation podcast recorded right here in Shrewsbury, UK. We'd like to thank our guests, Jonathan Bannister. Thank you, it's been brilliant, thank you. And Sam Franks. Oh, it's been a pleasure, thank you. For notifications of future episodes of the podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. I'm Andy. I'm Benedict. Good night. <laughs>